from Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Tom Clark, here again with Family Doc Zorba Pastor, talking with you about what's new in healthy living, sharing some down-to-earth advice, and great lifestyle tips to help you get the most out of life. If you have a question for Zorba, the number to call is 1-800-462-7413. And along with your call, some interesting topics to talk about, Zorba. Right, we're going to talk about what's in those pills that you're taking, not the active ingredients, but the supposed inactive ingredients that are in every single pill you swallow. Mm. And we're going to talk about mushrooms. Mushrooms might be the key to a great memory. We'll talk about what's going out in terms of research out of Singapore and mushrooms. I don't eat mushrooms, and I can't remember what you just said. Yeah, mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're not having mushrooms in our bowl, but we are having pineapple shrimp noodle bowl, which is absolutely delicious. So So let's get to the phones now. 1-800-462-7413. That's 800-462-7413. And our first caller joins in now from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Hi. Hi. How are you? Fine. How can we help? Well, I have somewhat of an embarrassing story that happened to me about a year ago, and I'm still having some health issues from it. Um, About a year ago, uh, I was taking a lunch break from work and went up to my mom's house like the good son that I am. (laughs) (laughs) And she wasn't home, but I was hungry. So I looked for the first thing I could find, and it was homemade brownies. So I eat my mom's brownies and I drive to work. It's about a 45-minute drive at that time. And about halfway there, <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining You can drive. see please. this coming. Please, please go on. Yeah, please, go on. Coming. Come on. Yeah, halfway please. there, yeah. I feel funny. Uh-huh. I pull over to a gas station and pass out. Next thing I know, <laughs> oh, I'm in an ambulance, and they have shocked me, and they're taking me oh, to the heart right. hospital because oh. they have no idea. And at this point, I have no idea. Well, it turns out my mother did not take baking tips from Zorba, but from someone else. And I ate a whole batch of pot-laced brownies, which is something I would never do on even a normal day, yet alone on my way to work. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I'm just saying, Mom, it's, it's yeah, homemade cooking, Mom's brownies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If she found out I was doing this, she'd probably kill me, but, you know, <laughs> she did it. So. so so, the moral of the story is you got to be careful about what mom bakes. So, anyway, so you ended up passing out in the car. Somebody saw you and then called 911? Hmm. Yes, and basically from then, about a few hours later, we found out what it was. We connected the dots. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, I have dealt with debilitating – it's almost like hypochondria, like – PTSD almost. Sure. Any sure. any feeling I have in my body, mm-hmm. I my brain automatically starts throwing things out like this is wrong or this is wrong. Uh-huh. It, when mm-hmm. consciously I know that's irrational, mm-hmm. but my body, I get so tense. I'm always tense and my chest gets mm-hmm. tight for no reason. Sure. And, you know, I'm on some anti-anxiety medicine now. What are you, but, what are you on? Uh, Buspirone. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know really if it uh-huh. does anything, but I was wondering what you would recommend. I've tried some therapy with uh-huh. a psychologist, uh-huh. and, you know, I've started medication, but mm-hmm. this is a busy time of year for me in my line of work, so I don't want to try anything. Oh, sure. Okay. And what kind of work do you do? Um, I'm a CPA. Okay. I don't do taxes, okay. but I do you audits. Got, you got audits. You're busy, busy time of the year. First of all, I, th- I'm not surprised that all of a sudden you developed, you know, something that I think would be akin to PTSD. Here it is. You're on your way. You're driving. You had some brownies. And all of a sudden, the psychedelic thing comes out of you out of the blue. You know, had you known that they actually had pot in them and took them, you would expect it. And you wouldn't have obviously wouldn't have taken it there. But if you expect it, it's one thing. If it happens out of the blue, it's kind of scary. I mean, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And you're shocked. You're 
here. In the ambulance, this is PTSD. That's what this is. By a different name, we can call it anxiety, but that's essentially what it is. And I, I've got a couple of suggestions. First of all, I suggest you go on an antidepressant. They work beautifully, and I recommend that you're on it somewhere between six months and one year. And I'd recommend Celexa, C-E-L-E-X-A, 10 to 20 milligrams. We usually start with 10 milligrams uh, once a day for about two weeks and then go up to 20 milligrams. Very effective. Another drug, Paxil, P-A-X-I-L. These are both generics, 20 milligrams a day. Start with 10 and then go up to 20. And they'll begin to set the... Uh, the pattern underneath between the thought, the anxiety, and the connection to emotion. That's number one. Number two, you you should get a a psychologist around who engages in cognitive behavioral therapy. Sign up. Find one in your area. Ask your doctor or someone else five or ten sessions because you have to work through this just like you have to work through any other trauma. And the trauma you have to visit is... You're going in the car eating some brownies and all of a sudden the psychedelic hallucination hits you and you pass out. And you don't have to relive the trauma, but you have to own the trauma. Right now, the trauma owns you and it comes out in ways that are, uh, you, know, you know, essentially these are ways that are, uh, you know, symptomatic. They're psychological ways, you know, where you, all of a sudden you have symptoms when you don't have it. So you need CBT before you become neurotic for the rest of your life about these symptoms that are psychosomatic. Wonderful. And, and and that drug, by the way, is far better than Buspirone. Buspirone, I don't think, does very much. Buspar, it's not really that effective a drug. Antidepressants are very effective, and they let you work with it. And just to give you a, just a little aside, when I was carjacked in Venezuela uh, years ago, a number of years ago, I went through about a year where I worked on it, so I did not develop PTSD. And it was very successful after I owned the story. It no longer was scary, and the story eventually becomes boring. And you're, you have a good ending to your story. You went in a car, you had a psychedelic you didn't expect, you passed out, you went to the hospital, and you're still here. It has a happy ending. You just mm-hmm. have to you have to write the story for yourself. Awesome. I appreciate you so much. I enjoy listening to both of you uh, every week on the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, nice. Before you go, what did you say to your mom, and what, yeah, was right. her, what did she say to you? Well, so... How we found out, I was sitting in the hospital bed, and I said, oh, you know, throwing a pity party, oh, Mom, I don't want to die. And she said, well, you can't die because I have these very special brownies at home for you. (laughs) And in that second, I sobered up. I said, get the doctor in here. I'm going home. Thanks. We appreciate the call at 800-462-7413. You know, I want to chime in a little about this. Uh, interesting. So the Washington state has legalized pot, okay, mm-hmm. in yeah. many, many forms. And they've now done surveys to see whether or not it increases use among the young and the very young, teenagers and others. Mm-hmm. It hasn't. Guess where the use has increased since pot has been legalized? I guess older people. Boomers. The boomers are smoking more yeah. pot. Yeah. Based on the surveys, and young people are staying about the same. They're getting it legally, but their use of pot is about the same. And this is a perfect example. Here it is. Mom had boomer brownies in the refrigerator, and the kid had mom's brownies. (laughs) 800-462-7413, our number. Before our next caller, Zorba, let's talk about pills and why pills have some non-medicinal things in them. Well, in order to make a pill, how are you going to put something in the pill? It's a chemical or it's a powder. It may be a liquid. It may be a liquid that's dried. And so the manufacturing of pills is really a very a very big issue. And I used to do a lot of drug research. I did it, oh gosh, for more than 30 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they do is they will put the drug, let's say it's a high blood pressure pill. They'll put the medicine in the pill and then they put it in something called a hot box. And the hot box is where it's at a secure temperature. I don't know if it's 80 degrees, 70, 80, or 90 degrees to see whether or not the drug depreciates in the pill. I mean, this is a whole issue you never think about when you're taking, when you're taking drugs. Well, mm-hmm. it turns out a lot of pills have lactose. What if you're lactose intolerant? Some pills have gluten. 
Uh-huh. What if you're truly gluten intolerant? I'm not talking about gluten intolerant where you can't eat where you can't eat wheat, but you have something called celiac disease where the tiniest amount might actually make a difference. And it, it turns out this is, may not be a small issue. It may be a bigger issue than we actually think. And apparently the FDA has a database to search for ingredients that are inactive ingredients in prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know what's in your prescription drug, if you look in the back of your pill, take out your pills right now, Tom. I don't have any pills. On the back of every pill is stamped a unique number. These are prescription pills. The unique number, if you go to Google, you can Google that unique number on the web and find out what the pill is. Because we do that when you're in the emergency room. People come in with pills in the office, and you can look at that unique number. It's a number and lettering system for the pill. But apparently the FDA also is a database which will search for all the ingredients that are manufactured in that pill. So you can find out, let's say that you're taking a pill for cholesterol, whether or not that pill has lactose in it. And if you're bothered by the pill, you may start and stop the pill, start and stop the pill. You may discover that your stomach is upset from the lactose. Hmm. Although right now the thought is there's such minimal amounts in the pill it shouldn't bother people. The answer is how do we know? And we've never really done surveys on this. But you can talk to your pharmacist to see what's in it. And if you think the pill might actually be causing stomach distress, you have to talk to your doctor to see about how you actually determine that. And if so, you may get another generic. Now, here's the complicating factor. Yeah. I I have an insurance policy. My insurance policy pays for generics. I take a generic cholesterol-lowering pill. It changes periodically based on which company makes a cheaper generic. The company that makes generic this year may be a different company from next year. The one that puts lactose in it this year may not put lactose in it next year. So it's kind of a continuous ongoing issue. This is a stupid question, but why can't they... All, all the pills have the same stuff in them. Well, uh, the answer is they manufacture them differently. They just all don't have the same. But it might be, it might be, for instance, that lactose, and I don't know what that's in. Lactose is a common ingredient in pills, and it might be that's because the way the pill is manufactured into a pill or into a capsule, the lactose may not, may not you know, turn well, out to be. I still don't get it. What, what is it about? Some kind of pills that they can't use lactose, they have to use something else. Well, because that's the way the pills are put together, because they squeeze together. It's not, you need something that is inert, that makes the pill stable, that makes the drug in it stable. You have to have an environment, an architectural environment, if you yeah. will, within the pill that's stable for the medication. And apparently there are different things that are used in different ways. I've never really thought about this, mm-hmm. but when they manufacture a, a brand new drug, they have to, you know, new drugs have never been on the market. The drug companies are very, very careful to determine what they should put in the pill to make sure it's So it makes a difference what the pill is. Different pills have different ingredients in them to keep it stable. But there are many ingredients that are common to most of the pills. And the question is, do some people have stomach distress have it because of the, quote, inert ingredient in the pill? And it was just brought up because the question is, are some allergic reactions in there? Now, I want to chime in on the gluten thing. There are many people that are gluten intolerant because they eat, you know, they eat something that has gluten. The pill may have a milligram of gluten. Now, unless you have severe celiac disease, and even if you do, that milligram may not mean anything. So it's important for people not to go sort of over the top with, oh, my pills have gluten, and that's why I don't feel good. But on the other hand, if they have allergic reactions, it's important to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. 800-462-7413, our number if you have a question for Zorba. And now, Zorba, listener is with us in Colfax, Wisconsin. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) How can we help? I have dyslexia. And up here in Wisconsin, it is ice fishing season, and then it becomes guitar season. And I've been playing guitar my whole life, and then when I was around 30 years old, I learned I had dyslexia. And... I'm wondering if it's, uh, it seems to be a thing to me that when I'm playing guitar, playing guitar is a progressive thing. You know, through your life, you you just have to keep learning new things and keep going. Otherwise, it becomes boring. But anyways, to learn a piece of music, you know, you first have to learn it, and then you memorize it, and then you practice it, mm-hmm. and then you have it. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, when I get to that memorizing and practicing stage, at that point, I already know it, mm-hmm. but here I am just 
seems to me I'm kind of constantly hitting the wrong note, mm-hmm. um, going too far forward or sure. going backwards. And it just kind of dawned on me last week when I'm sitting here playing. I just wonder if this could be affecting me. What what could be affecting? The dyslexia? Yes. No, I don't think so. You mean, no. you mean with a guitar playing? I don't think. Yeah. I mean, if you've been playing guitar for years, you've adjusted to the dyslexia. Maybe you're just uh, not a very good guitar player. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> don't let my secret out. <laughs> it's terrible, Tom. We do not insult people on the show. We give them advice in a very positive way and encourage them to be better. So you must take that back. Take it back. So, uh, yeah, dyslexia, you've, you've been playing guitar for how many years? Well, I'm 65, and I've been playing since I was a kid. So, yeah, so you've been playing guitar a long time. No, we adjust. You know, most people adjust to dyslexia. It wouldn't have anything to do with that. I want to ask you a question. What did you do for a living? I was a field service rep um, in industrial maintenance, and then I became a manager. Okay, so you read. You adjusted to your dyslexia because you had to read things all the time, correct? Yes. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, your brain your brain can adjust in many ways unless it's severe, uh, you know, and over time and learn how to do that. You know, if you're looking at numbers and you reverse numbers, that's one thing. But if you're looking at letters and you have to reread it, because I've got some mild dyslexia and, you know, eventually I just... I've learned, I've learned I've learned how to adjust to it, so it really doesn't it really doesn't bother me. But I want to go back to the guitar playing. So, do you think it's a perceptual thing? Could it be the hearing? Could it be your hands? Could it be your fingers? Do you need more training? Could it be age? What else do you think it might be? I think about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff every yeah. time I'm learning a piece. You mm-hmm. know, why do I keep doing this? Mm-hmm. Well, you may and, it may uh, be because as you, seriously, as you're older, you have to pay more attention to things. Uh, I'm serious; it makes a difference. When I was younger, I could have music on. I liked the music in the background. I could think about things, have music. I didn't multitask really, but the noise around me I liked. Now, when I'm trying to concentrate on something, I like quiet because that particular sensation bothers me. Why does it bother me? My brain is different. You may need to do a little bit more practice in a different way. And as we get older, we want to go with our strong suit. And our strong suit is the fact that we often have more time at our hands to do things. So I think you need more practice. I don't think it's the dyslexia. Okay. Well, you know, I think uh, practicing in the quiet is probably a good idea because I I don't always do that. That's it. You want to shut off the other sensations so you can pay attention to your sensation. Uh, And I want to do a little side when I came into the station today. When I was driving down, there was sort of an accident on the highway and there were kind of lights around and I had the radio on. I turned the radio off and I thought, you know, I never used to do that. I turned the radio off so I could concentrate to get by the vehicle, and it helped me get by the vehicle, or I knew if I had it off, I could pay attention to it and pay attention to what was going around the vehicle. I never did that at 19. I probably would turn the radio up so I wouldn't hear the sirens. So, yes, shut off the other information and concentrate. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Zorba. Thank you very much for the call. We appreciate it. You know, Tom, even if I shut off all the external information around me, I still wouldn't play the accordion well. (laughs) I sucked when it came to playing the accordion. I was never Dick Contina. My mother thought I would be a great accordion player, Lady of Spain, and I would be out there, and uh, I had no talent. You need talent. I was a French horn player, but you can't walk around playing the French horn. You cannot. You cannot. (laughs) 800-462-7413. Before the break, Zorba, let's batten down the hatches and sail this radio vessel through the murky ocean of medical quackery. This is Quacking Up with Dr. Zorba. Actually, Zorba, this is a follow-up to a recent show where we were talking about the medical use of leeches. The following email came to us from Kirk in Monona, Wisconsin. He writes, Dear Dr. Zorba, I have been a pharmacist for over 30 years, and I used to work in a hospital in Wisconsin where leeches were actually used Ah. for limb reattachments. They were also used in breast reduction procedures to prevent blood pooling. 
At this hospital, we kept 40 to 50 leeches at a time on hand. Oh, my goodness. And they were single use due to the blood pathogen (laughs) issues. When leeches were ordered, the pharmacy staff made me take them to the floor because no one wanted to be associated with them. The nurses hated to see me coming with the leech tank, and we had to change the water in the tank every three days. Eventually, a tech who was into creepy stuff like that took over the leech duties. I left that facility 15 years ago, so I don't know if they still keep leeches. Well, leeches have a purpose in Wisconsin. Now, I don't know what that really says about our state, but you know what it says about the state of medicine. So, leeches are not quackery when used appropriately in a medical facility. Did you know they were still used? I had no idea. You know something? I had no idea they were still using <laughs> leeches in Wisconsin. On the other hand, we do have the hinterlands in Wisconsin. I don't think they're using them in Madison, Wisconsin, but who knows? Maybe they're using them here. Keep it coming, folks. When you have any information like that about leeches, write us at zorbapastor.org. We love leech stories. Yeah, and Zorba, when I saw this email before the show, I actually tried to come up with a few leech jokes, but (laughs) they all sucked. (laughs) Have a helpful tip for us? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls coming up, of course, a tasty recipe too, all right here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. The Public Radio Exchange. Does anyone call you Thomas? No. (laughs) I think I'm going to call you Thomas from now on. Okay, better than Tommy. (laughs) You don't like Tommy? No. Thomas. You can call me Zorby. That would be okay. Tom Clark with Family Doc Zorba Pastor. Here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. That number to call is 1-800-462-7413. But Zobra, before our next call, pineapple shrimp noodle bowl. Yes, it's great. You like pineapple? Yeah. You like shrimp? Yeah. You like noodles? Yeah. How about bowls? <laughs> you got to put it in something. I guess I like bowls. <laughs> you have to have it in a bowl. Okay. Well, I happen to like bowls. And this, well, bowl stuff. I mean, you know. I'm yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, and this is using pad thai noodles. We're going to talk about that. There's a little bit of finesse you need when you use the noodles. So mm-hmm. let's go into the recipe. I happen to love pad thai. I've been very interested in making a great pad thai. We had a, a recipe from pad thai uh, uh, a while ago. So I've learned how to respect and use the noodles, and you can make wonderful dishes for those of us who love pad thai and rice noodles. Mm -hmm. So let's get our recipe out, and then let's talk about the cooking. Okay. Start out, get a 12-ounce pad thai-style rice noodles. 12-ounce pad thai-style rice noodles. Now, do you think there's one kind of pad thai-style rice noodles? I have no idea. I don't know what pad thai is. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of pad thai? You know something? You are Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) If you have never heard of pad thai in in this year, you are Rumpelstiltskin. It's Thai food. It's Thai food with noodles. Okay. It's called pad thai. Oh, I believe you. There are medium, there are small noodles, medium noodles, and wide noodles, rice noodles. And I would recommend the medium noodles because they're small, medium, and wide. You want to start with the medium noodles. A pound of large shrimp. Pound large shrimp. And that's going to set you back a bit. And if you want to use the medium shrimp, you can do that. That'll Mm -hmm. be cheaper. You know, shrimp is sized. And the bigger the shrimp, you know, the more expensive it is, right? You you, you knew that, Mm -hmm. didn't you? I, you, okay, okay, I knew that. <laughs> you knew that, right? It's like steak, you know, like steak. Bigger steak, 
better steak. It's got more. It, got it. Obviously, I haven't convinced you. I can understand. You can understand yeah. okay. okay, 12 ounces of fresh pineapple cubes. You know, you can use it pineapple out of a can, but 12 ounces of pineapple cubes. Okay? 12 ounces yeah. fresh pineapple yeah, cubes. Yeah, pineapple cubes. Buy it in a can. Yeah. Uh, you're going to use some kosher salt. Some kosher salt. Two tablespoonfuls of soy sauce or tamari soy sauce. Two big tea soy sauce or tamari. freshly grated ginger. Big tea, freshly grated ginger. Now, I keep ginger root in the freezer, and the reason is it stays very well in the freezer, and I take it right out of the freezer and grate it. It's mm-hmm. a great it's a great way great, great. to keep your ginger. Do you like yeah. that? It's a great way that's to keep good. your ginger yeah, for grating. Yeah. That's great. Uh, t- thank you for the compliment. Yeah. Uh, two tables. We're still going on. Two tablespoonfuls of olive oil. You kind of forced that compliment I, out of me. I forced it out <laughs> of you. Two big But it's tea. okay. I'll, I'll take it, even if it was forced. Two but big tea you. vegetable Thank oil. you for the compliment. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll compliment you by the end of the recipe, too. I promise. I'll find some way to compliment you. Uh, two and a half cups of pineapple juice. Two and a half have cups of kind of, pineapple juice. A tablespoonful of chili garlic sauce. A big tea chili garlic sauce. By the way, we have lost half the people in the car now who are trying to write this down, texting <laughs> while they're doing it, and cause three car crashes in the meantime. A cup of basil leaves. That's a lot of basil leaves you're going to have to a cup. Okay, a little cup more. Of, cup of basil leaves. Two seedless cucumbers, the little seedless cucumbers, thinly sliced. Two seedless cucumbers, thinly sliced. sliced. Half a small red onion, very thinly sliced crosswise. Half a small red onion, very thinly sliced. Half a cup of salted roasted peanuts. Half a cup. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Don't be sorry. Oh, Don't be sorry. Uh, half a cup Please. salted roasted peanuts. Now, I tried to buy the salted roasted peanuts chopped, and you know what I found? Mm. I couldn't buy them. So you know what I did? You roasted them yourself. No, I well, they're close to that. Not exactly. I bought salted roasted peanuts and put it in my food processor to chop it up them myself. Uh. After I went to three or four Asian grocery stores, one of the guys said to me, "Why don't you just get a package and chop it up yourself like I do at home?" And I thought, "Duh, hmm. I'll do that." And you're gonna have some lime wedges. Lime wedges. Okay. Now let's make it. Cook rice noodles according to package directions. Well, let me tell you that the package directions. They don't give you a lot. What you have to do is take the rice noodles, you put them in warm water, and you soak them for 15 to 30 minutes, preferably for 30 minutes. You soak the noodles. very important. And then when you actually put them in, when you put them in the dish, you, you only cook them for a very short period of time. And different rice noodles are soaked in different ways. You've got to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, meanwhile, toss the shrimp and pineapple in a large bowl. Season with salt. Add soy sauce and ginger. Toss again. Taste it. See if you like it. Heat oil in a large nonstick skillet over high heat, preferably a wok. You have a wok at home, Tom? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> One of those top shelves. Somewhere. One of those top shelves are in the basement. Using tongs, pluck out the pineapple and cook and stir often until well browned on the side. That's about five or six minutes. Take the pineapple, put it on the plate. Add the shrimp in the same skillet. Cook it for three to four minutes. Take it out and mix it with the pineapple. And the reason is, if you cook shrimp too long, it will not taste good. Just a very short amount of time, Mm -hmm. about three to four minutes. Then take the pineapple juice, cooking it with the chili garlic sauce in the same skillet, medium heat, scraping all the brown bits with a rubber spatula or wooden spoon. Stir it occasionally till it's reduced by half. So you're making a syrupy mixture. That takes about 10, 15 minutes or so. Remove it from heat and then put in the pineapple shrimp mixture and one cup of basil. Now, divide the rice noodles uh, in the bowl, and you're dividing them based on the fact that you soak them and then cook them according to directions. It's two parts for the rice noodles. Spoon the pineapple shrimp mixture over the noodles, drizzle with the extra sauce, top with the cucumbers, onion, peanuts, and more basil, and serve with lime wedges. It's wonderful. Now, I want to talk about this for a minute. This seems like a lot of work, and you know what? It's because it is a lot of work. (laughs) However, once you get all the work done, there was my favorite cookbook called Rumen's 20. Chapter number one was think. In other words, you've got to think about what Mm -hmm. you have. The work is getting everything together in small little bowls. 
And that takes a lot of work. That's going to take you about 15 or 20 minutes. But once you master this, you will have a masterful dish that you can invite people over that is very, very special. It's got shrimp in it. It's got pineapple in it. It's got a little taste to it. It's got some spice in it. It's got basil in it. It's a wonderful dish. And once you master it, it's a really good dish. But you know what? You'll never – I'm sure you didn't write down all the ingredients while you were in your car. Well, can people call you after the show? And you can <laughs> call me up, but I will not answer you, and I won't give you my phone number. But if you go to ZorbaPastor.org, you can get this recipe and other recipes. ZorbaPastor.org. Don't forget you can find us through Facebook. I love Pad Thai. Mastering a Thai dish like this will give you a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. is our number, 1-800-462-7413. Now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in Buffalo, New York. Hi. Hi, Tom. Uh, I've got a question for the doc. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I was in my basement with my two-year-old rescue chocolate lab dog, and um, he's pretty active. So we were playing with a, a length of rope, and he had it in his mouth, and I had it on my hand, and he's pulling, and I'm pulling, and uh, the next moment, I realized one of his teeth had bitten the top of my hand. Huh. So I, I drew a little blood, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, thanks a lot, Jeter. <laughs> yeah, he's a Yankee dog. So. <laughs> and... Uh, so I went upstairs, and I washed my hand, mm-hmm. and the dog has all its shots. Mm-hmm. My wife assured mm-hmm. me of that. Uh-huh. So I washed my hand very well, and I put some liquid Band-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my question was, do you think I, I should have gotten a tetanus shot, or is it too late to get one, or is it even necessary? Well, first of all, how long ago did this happen? Well, let's see. Uh, about less than two weeks ago. Okay, so less than two weeks ago. Okay, now how many cases of tetanus were in the United States last year, roughly? I, I don't have a Google in front of me, but what would you guess? Uh, I have no idea. Hardly any. Hardly really? any because we're universally immunized. I mean, I saw a case of tetanus once in my life when I was in medical school in Chicago at the Infectious Disease Hospital because basically we've wiped it out with immunizations. Now, you're supposed oh. to be up to date on tetanus shots, so we give it if it's less than five years and it's really a dirty wound or less than 10 years. The chances that your dog actually has tetanus are really, really very, very minimal. And so... The answer is you can check to see if you're up to date. But the thing is, besides tetanus, we now give uh, – it's called DTAP. We give uh, we give tetanus and we also give pertussis. Pertussis is whooping cough and we give that along with tetanus now because whooping cough is actually very common and is very problematic. So, oh, really? Yeah. So my recommendation actually is that you call your doctor and see if you're up to date on your immunizations for that – for whooping cough, how old are you? 65. 65. Have you had the new shingles vaccine? I have. I, I did okay. get one last year. Okay. So. Have you had both pneumonia shots? Uh, this year I, I got my first pneumonia shot. Okay. And one year later you get your next pneumonia shot. So this is a good time to look at pertussis, tetanus, and make sure you're up to the immunizations. The dog having it, ugh. Chances are one in a gazillion. I would not be concerned about the dog. But it just reminds us of the importance of immunizations. And the reasons why, the reason why we have a measles outbreak in Washington State and in places of California because there are stupid people who believe other people who have stupidly said that vaccines are bad for you. Vaccines have changed dramatically health in the entire world. They're actually wonderful. And people who say they're, they're not wonderful, I think, are stupid and dumb. And I used to not use the word. I used to be like, you know, I used to use a nicer word like they're mm-hmm. misinformed. But I now decide that a number of them are stupid and dumb. And the guy who talks against vaccines, by the way, who, who had his medical license taken away in Great Britain, gets ten to $20,000 elected to talk about how vaccines cause autism. So I've gotten off my, that's my vaccine soapbox. Getting back to what you need, make sure you're up to date on your pertussis. And that goes along with the tetanus. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great, Doc. Yeah, and be careful okay. with the dog. So you pulled, he, he lost a tooth because you were pulling so hard? Oh, no, no, no. Just, it was like, it was just, I looked at the top of my hand and it was like a perfect puncture. Oh, it was so a it was, puncture. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah so it was a perfect yeah. one 
one one of his teeth just met my top of my hand. Gotcha. I, I am kind of curious though if there's any science on there out there on the behavior of chocolate labs. They seem to be a little wild. <laughs> you know, more than a yellow lab. Hey, I got to yeah. tell you, there's a difference. We have standard. We have a standard poodle, and they are so smart that he reads the New York Times every morning and gives me a summary. <laughs> that, that's impressive. That's a poodle. Thanks for your call. Well, you're welcome. And thanks for thanks for the information. Eight hundred four six two seven four one three. That's our number. One eight hundred four six two seven four one three. Now, before we take a break, Zorba, please unholster your gavel and powder up your parliamentary wig. Time for the segment we call Judge Zorba. It's great. But I got to take my gavel. Yeah. There it is. Okay, it's good. Today's case comes to us from a listener named Jason. He writes, Hi, Dr. Zorba. We recently purchased a bidet. The seat has two options for your behind. (laughs) One, spray the outside clean. Or two, up and in, which is basically an enema. I've been using this post-poo, but, no pun intended, my wife has warned me (laughs) that doing this too much can be harmful. I'd like your input on the science behind, pun intended, regular bowel cleansing. Well, first of all, what science do we have? We know that keeping yourself clean is good, but I'm going to come down on the side of use that bidet as much as you want. You are not causing harm. Hey, the French have been using bidets for years. They clean themselves from front to back. That's what they consider to be cleanliness. And as my mother would say, cleanliness is next to godliness. (laughs) I've heard that a few times. (laughs) Have a case you need settled? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls coming up. Another interesting topic as well. Well, This was really interesting if you ask me. (laughs) All of that right here on Zorba Pastor and Your Health from PRX, the public radio exchange. Tom Clark with Family Doc Zorba Pastor here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. That number again is 800-462-7413. But Zorba, before our next call, mushrooms may reduce the risk of memory problems. Yeah, a very interesting study. Do you like mushrooms, by the way? Eh. Not so. No, yeah, not it's so not. Much, no. um, I've been to China. I've been to Singapore. I've been to Malaysia. You know, they have lots of different kinds of mushrooms, by the way. There are mm-hmm. mushroom markets. You know, we have button mushrooms. Then we have shiitake mushrooms. We have some oyster mushrooms. And then we have, you know, the larger mushrooms, uh, you know, you know that you, can, that you mm-hmm. can get that are grilled. But they eat all different kinds of mushrooms. This particular study was quite interesting because they looked at mushrooms that the Chinese eat more of than we do. They took about 600 Chinese men and women over the age of 60 in Singapore, one-on-one interviews, they looked at diet information, and they looked at six types of commonly consumed mushrooms, okay? And those are one of the things. Did you eat that mushrooms? Did you eat this mushroom? Mm-hmm. And so on. After controlling for many health issues, like did they smoke? How much eat did they, did they eat? What about green vegetables? What about fruits and vegetables? They found that those who had more than one serving of mushroom in a week, on the whole, had less cognitive impairment than those who never ate mushrooms. And they actually found that if you had like two portions of mushrooms, you might actually reduce the risk of mild cognitive impairment by up to 50%. You're laughing at me now. No, I'm not laughing. No, no, it's a very serious thing. that's my problem. I don't eat enough mushrooms. (laughs) That's your problem. You just have to start having mushrooms. But it's very, very interesting. So there was an association with cognitive impairment and mushroom consumption. Now, it's not a one-to-one thing, but it's an association that 
it's kind of interesting. Mushrooms have a whole bunch of things. Now think about it. If you eat the wrong kind of mushrooms, you'll go into, you know, you'll end up having a psilocybin experience, right? Mm, yeah, Those are not yeah. mushrooms that we normally consume, but mm-hmm. psilocybin is produced by, you know, by one type of mushroom. And the question is, are the antioxidants uh, actually that are in mushrooms beta possibly uh, one of the things that can prevent Alzheimer's and dementia. It's a very, very interesting study. Uh, this isn't scientific, though. Is it's it? not scientific. But, well, well, it is scientific. It's an observational study. It doesn't tell us that we should eat mushrooms and that's going to make our brain better. But you better believe that this study is repeated. What are we going to see in the grocery, in the drugstore? We're going to see now people are going to take capsules of mushrooms <laughs> and mushroom antioxidants. But I think it points out that uh, a diet that is a variety variety diet is going to be better for your brain. We know, for instance, that there's, co- there's better cognition with the Mediterranean diet. There are many mushrooms in the Mediterranean diet also. And I think it reminds us that food is really our pharmacy. And going and getting a drug from the pharmacy or getting a supplement is not the same as eating a variety of food. And for one thing, I'm going to go out and eat mushrooms today. 800-462-7413 is our number. Question for Zorba? Now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in Jamestown, New York. Hi. Hi. I've had a cough since November, and it keeps me awake at night. Uh Uh, What medicines are you on? Nortriptyline Mm -hmm. for migraine. Uh Uh-huh. And? Uh, Verapamil for blood pressure. Mm -hmm. What have the doctors said? At first, they thought it was a side effect of nortriptyline. Mm-hmm. That's so they true, because it can took, make you dry. Okay. They took that away, right. and I regained mm-hmm. the migraine headache. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's so not we the got nortriptyline. that back. Uh-huh. And then they thought it might be GERD? Yes, mm-hmm. and they gave me mm-hmm. stuff for that, and that mm-hmm. didn't stop. Uh-huh. You, how much, when they gave you the stuff for GERD, what did they give you? Yeah, they gave me two different ones, sulfate something or okay. other. But, but two different ones. They gave you two different right. GERD, because sometimes different GERD medications. Okay. Um, have they tried an inhaler? It doesn't seem to stop the cough. Were you ever on a steroid inhaler? I was on prednisone a couple different times. And did that do anything at all? Now, for one day, I didn't have the cough. Yeah, one day isn't very much at all. <laughs> it sounds like you've had everything. When does the cough bother you? Mostly at night, mostly when I'm laying down. Mm-hmm. It's really interrupting my sleep mm-hmm. and really making me fatigued. What are you taking for sleep? I don't take anything for sleep. Uh-huh. Well, I have a couple of suggestions. First of all, if you could get a good night's sleep, you vaporize the room, by the way. You have a vaporizer in the room. I've tried that. Uh-huh. Uh, but you want to make sure that your room is your room is good and you can sleep well. I would recommend gabapentin at sleep. Gabapentin is an anti-seizure medication that we use in neuropathic pain. Non-addictive, very good for sleep. I would try 300 milligrams to 600 milligrams of gabapentin a night to sleep if that helps. That's number one. Number two, I would look towards a dry mouth and talk to your dentist about what to use. There are lozenges that you can use during the day that can sometimes help moisturize the mouth. And if your mouth is moisturized, you may not cough as much. So I would try trying to get a good night's sleep with with gabapentin and trying to moisturize your mouth a little bit more. And that might help. That might help do it. The third thing is, if that fails, I would try an antidepressant. Antidepressants are wonderful drugs. They do lots of things that we don't understand. Uh, They're really good for anxiety and depression. But they're also good for other sort of connections between what we think and what we feel. And I would try 10 to 20 milligrams of Celexa, C-E-L-E-X-A, once a day for about six to eight weeks to see if that would reduce the cough. Those are the two things I would do. We're looking now at psychological behavior versus physiological behavior to see if we can just cut that cough off. Those are my three suggestions. That's wonderful. I really appreciate you helping me out. My pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for your call. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. 800-462-7413 You know, if you can't get a good night's sleep because you're coughing, it ruins your entire day. And so if you can just, she can just get a good night's sleep, she might cough less because she actually sleeps better. Mm -hmm. And we know how important sleep is. The more we learn about sleep, the more important we learn that it's important. Okay, Zorba, let's check in again now with your favorite backseat drivers, the grammar police. (laughs) 
A longtime Milwaukee listener sent us the following email. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's the grammar police again. Dear Dr. Zorba, <laughs> I cheerfully submit that biome should be pronounced the way genome is pronounced. In other words, it shouldn't rhyme with baloney. <laughs> oh, right. Biome or biome. Well, you know... They, I, like I said, I don't know which way it's pronounced, but you know what? Is he a lieutenant or a captain or she in the um, grammar police? Do they say their rank? Um, no, but I Well, mean, the rank is important. I mean, the, I mean the, if it's just a low-level private in the grammar no, this police, is am I supposed email. to believe that? This guy that? is obviously right. Well, I, I, come on. If they don't say their rank in the grammar police, <laughs> I don't know what to If this is a low-level, like a corporal, it doesn't carry the same weight as a captain or a general or a colonel or something like that. But you know what? I will take it for what it is. I will now pronounce it biome. But I want to know the rank of these of these grammar police <laughs> next time they come in. Because some of the low-level police, I mean, come on, really, how low trained level. are you they? You think level? this is low-level? Well, you know, some of them, come on, you know. The ranking is really important when it comes to the grammar police. Did, They're not all the same. Did Zorba really butcher a <laughs> word and now you want to exact some very public revenge on him? Join the grammar police. Just post on our Facebook page. Or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. Don't forget we're on Facebook and state your rank. <laughs> Let's get back to the phones at 800 462 7413. Hey, you can't believe every grammar police person. 1 800 462 7413. We're changing the, the subject. 800 462 7413, a number 1 800 462 7413. And now, Zorba, a listener with us in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi. How can we help? Well, I, my sisters and I, we all have heart issues and blood pressure issues, which is hereditary, I think. Our cholesterol runs quite high, and our bad cholesterol is high. The la- my last test was uh, 188. And I have a peripheral uh, artery disease in my legs, which they want to uh, try and uh, fix that by going in and, I, I guess, putting stents and whatever. But... I do not want to use statins, and I do not want uh, surgery. I w- would like to find out what can I do to um, get my cholesterol level down so maybe um, I wouldn't have this clogged artery situation. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Uh, a couple questions here. So mom and dad, relatives, how old were your mom and, mom and dad? Are they still around, or have they passed away? No, my dad died at 62. His arteries were, uh-huh. at Young that age. time, the Mayo Clinic told him he uh, was like a 90-year-old man. Uh, and you said your bad cholesterol is up to 188, or is that your total cholesterol? That was my bad cholesterol. Your bad my cholesterol. My total runs uh-huh. between uh, 280 and a little over 300. Okay, so that, so you've, as you said, you've got terrible cholesterol. And you don't want to take, uh, you don't want to take statins because of what? Uh, because I've been reading about the side effects they have, and then I'm reading that they really don't help that much. Okay, so let me let me put this into a perspective. Number one, statins are wonderful, and they help a lot. And there are a lot of naysayers on the web that say, ooh, statins don't work. And the answer is, ooh, you're wrong. <laughs> statins do work. Other drugs that lower cholesterol do not work. Niacin is a drug we use. There were drugs, other drugs that used to do one called Lopid that we used to use. Other drugs that lower cholesterol have not been shown to actually reduce heart attack rates. Maybe some of them slightly, but for the most part, not at all. Statins are in a world by themselves, and that's because they don't just lower cholesterol. They also probably reduce inflammation in the arteries. That's the theory that also caused the clogging to occur. So I think statins are wonderful. They're great. I recommend them all the time. Side effects, I think the side effects are minimal. Muscle aches, 95, 90 to 95% of the people have no side effects from statins. Some people do, and if they change statins or change the dose, they can often mitigate their side effects. So there are side effects. There's no doubt about it, but most people don't have them. So I think statins, if I had a cholesterol of 300, there is no doubt, and a dad who died at 62, there is no doubt I would take a statin. Because you've got the genes. It's, you know, it's a genetic thing. Now, getting back to getting rid of the clogged arteries, the stents won't do anything. 
They will not declog your arteries. If you take a statin because you believe your peripheral vascular disease is going to get better, it's not. It will just keep it from getting worse, but it doesn't keep it from getting better. I think every doctor in their right mind who knows their, what they're doing would say a fa- strong family history and a cholesterol of about 300, you need a statin. That's my recommendation. Okay. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. We appreciate that call at 800-462-7413. Now, before we head out today, Zorba, from time to time we receive nice letters or handmade gifts from loving listeners. (laughs) And we always love it. So, Zorba, this package was recently mailed to you from Irene in Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. And before I say any more about it, how about you just open it? Okay, okay. I'm going to open the package. Yeah. Here we have... I've not looked inside this package. <laughs> I wonder if it's like Jack in the Box or something. I'm going to be careful. You know, open up. Okay, plastic, plastic. Pla- oh, look at Let's see what this is. It's a. Let me see what this is. Gotta get a plastic. It's a poodle. Oh, I love it. It's a poodle. It looks just like Ziggy, my dog. Hi, Ziggy. Oh, I love it. It's a poodle. It's great. This is so cute. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How many people get a poodle in a box? Here now, here now, Now he's looking at the iPhone. (laughs) A a few excerpts from the letter that accompanied this lovely felt poodle. (laughs) It's cute. Dear Dr. Zorba, knowing that we are fellow dog lovers, I wanted to make something special for you. I hope my take on Izzy resembles the real dog you had in your life, and I hope it will make you smile. Oh, it does. It is needle felted from all locally sourced materials. The wool is from Monroe. The glass eyes are from Kenosha. No patterns, forms, or molds were used. This was all freehand and only one needle. And i got to tell you something. It's a male dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's very nice. Anatomically correct. (laughs) Boy, that's really something. I've been listening to your show for many years now, and I admire your intelligence, your sense of humor, and your kindness that shines through in everything you say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. I will treasure this. I will definitely treasure it. Now, if you have something you'd like to share with us, feel free to post on our Facebook page or send us an email at... Zorba at WPR.org. See you next week, Zorba. Stay well, Tom. If you missed anything during the show or just want to download our show podcast, visit visit us us on on the the web web at ZorbaPastor.org. And in fact, you can see Izzy on Facebook. Izzy will be on our Facebook page. And you know what? Woof, woof. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget, you can call us anytime at 800-462-7413. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It's not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Tom Clark, asking you to join us on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.